You're all familiar with the notion of an Achilles heel, a vulnerable place that can bring down even the most powerful force. Well, imagine if the SARS-CoV-2 virus, which causes COVID, happened to have an Achilles heel of its own. Well, researchers at the University of British Columbia have discovered a key vulnerability across all major variants of the virus, including the recently emerged BA1 and BA2 Omicron subvariants. A study published in the journal Nature Communication says researchers at UBC's Faculty of Medicine have identified a single weak spot of the SARS-CoV-2 virus, the one that causes COVID-19. That spot is common to all seven known strains, including the surging Omicron variants. The weak spot can accept an antibody fragment, sort of a master key, capable of neutralizing any of the virus variants. The lead author of the study says the discovery could unlock a whole new realm of treatments, potentially effective against current or future variants of the virus that has taken almost 6.5 million lives worldwide. Beth Layton, The Canadian Press, Vancouver. Now, the senior author that was mentioned in that piece is Dr. Sriram Subramaniam, and he's a professor at UBC's Faculty of Medicine, And he joins us now. Thank you so much for your time tonight. Thank you, Ben. So just to start at the beginning, what were you setting out to find specifically? You know, in the last uh, two and a half years or so, we have been working on uh, SARS-CoV-2. And frankly, we had never, in my lab, had never worked on coronaviruses before. I I came to UBC to work on cancer drug design. That's the, uh, the chair position that I hold. But Soon after I came, you know, we uh, we got hit with COVID nineteen. So through the building of my lab and uh, various phases, we realized that uh, this is what we had to do. So we, as we worked on COVID nineteen, we kept our focus on two things that we knew were certain to happen. One is that the virus would mutate because this is what viruses uh, like SARS CoV two do. Uh, and as they mutated, we knew the second thing that would happen is that there would be antibody evasion, meaning that as new variants emerged, they would no longer be effectively neutralized by antibodies that were good in the previous iteration of the virus. So this is uh, these are lessons we learned from various other infectious viruses. And I had worked on uh, HIV for nearly a decade and also influenza for some time and Ebola. So this is the playbook of these viruses is exactly this, mutations and antibody escape. So we began to focus our efforts to use these very advanced tools for molecular imaging, uh, cryo-electron microscopy, to begin to generate atomic resolution pictures, literally an atomic view of how the spike protein that sits on the surface of the virus engages with our cells to get in, and also with our antibodies when it gets blocked. So we determine at, uh, these high-resolution images in 3D, an atom-by-atom view, if you will, of all of the variants that we've seen to date, the, uh, you know, the alpha variant, the, the beta, the gamma, the, the kappa, all of those, uh, including the Omicron, which we posted uh, in a paper in Science earlier this year. But... Throughout this journey of the virus, we also saw the other narrative was antibodies that were successful in blocking entry of the virus uh, began began to show vulnerabilities as antibodies, especially with the Omicron variant. Many of the antibodies that were used in treatments for earlier variants were no longer so effective. 
So one of the driving sort of ideas in the field is to identify approaches to neutralize not just one variant or the other, but the, you know, the, the hope of finding a way to deal with all the variants that have come so far and effectively really anticip- anticipating uh, anticipating where the virus is going to head. And so that's where our present paper comes in. Right. Where, uh, so you're yeah. really looking for for and not to use to use a very unscientific term, but you're really looking for the for the the Achilles heel that transcends these different variants, uh, the, the things that would still what the antibodies that would still continue to work across all these variants. Yeah. No, it, it's a it's a I think it's a very appropriate description of what what we're after, which is the Achilles heel or uh, what we call the weak spot. That interestingly enough is is present or has has happened to end up being present across the variants that we've seen over the last uh, two and a half years. And what we now that we have an antibody that uh, we can now position and view using these imaging techniques bound to that spot, it gives us a lot of information that we can that we can actually use going forward. So you did in fact find um, different um... Achilles heels or an Achilles heel, so to speak, uh, that transcended these variants. Correct. So this antibody that uh, we call AB6 is an antibody that actually emerged in in a screen that our collaborators carried out uh, nearly two years ago. So these are screens of libraries for antibodies of various kinds. And this was one of many that came out. And at that time, uh, it had you know, it it had you know some level of reactivity to variants that had been there at that time. Uh, there were others like AB1 and AB8, which we posted structures of. But what was remarkable about AB6 is as we tested it with new variants coming out, the fact that it was still able to block the entry of new variants like the Omicron. Uh, that was the that's the interesting part. I guess one of the challenges with the, vac- with the vaccines, of course, is that uh, as they mutate, the vaccines no longer work as well. You compared it to a lock and a key. When the uh, when the lock changes, the key no longer works quite as well. Yeah, yes, exactly. I think you know that's what we always worry about, which is uh, while the vaccines uh, have shown to be quite effective, uh, have proven to be quite effective, as the virus mutates, we always worry that the lock will change in such a way that the key no longer uh, no longer works effectively. And that's exactly what we saw in the early iteration of many commercial antibodies. So to know, so the two pieces to the story are not, I mean, the fact that we have this antibody that we positioned in that spot, but the more important uh, finding is the discovery of this landscape on the surface of the spike protein where we can then zero in our insights and now make a precision strike because uh, we can we have in the last year or two uh, seen developments in artificial intelligence and machine learning methods that let us design really powerful use these powerful methods to design molecules like antibodies that can bind in specific spots. So if you combine these two advances, our ability to visualize an antibody like ABC, antibody fragment, I should say, is still a piece of an antibody that's bound to the site. Use that to make even more potent molecules. Then we are in a very good position 
to leverage this finding to make molecules that hit really hard at the spot that we can see has been conserved in many of the variants that have come out so far. But we won't, we don't know really whether this will continue to stay this way in future variants. But, you know, we can only look at the past history as an example. And uh, I think the projection is that we have to keep learning as we go. My guest this half hour is Dr. Srivamanian. He's a professor at UBC's Faculty of Medicine and the senior author of a study uh, looking into uh, what we could call the Achilles heel of SARS-CoV-2 or the virus that causes COVID. Um, It's been published today in Nature Communications, um, and it really is targeting using something called cryo-electron microscopy and really looks down almost at an atomic level at the spike proteins in COVID to find where antibodies move from or exist in a continuum between each variant. I think I got that right. It's not particularly scientific. Sorry about that, doctor. Um, but what does this mean uh, overall? And, and where do you go from here? Yeah, I think the, uh, you know, as you, as you correctly pointed out, uh, we are indeed looking for antibodies uh, that are pan-variant binding, meaning that they can bind not just one variant, but can bind others. But in order for that to happen, the site that they target and bind on any of these spike proteins needs to be largely unchanged from one variant to the other. And that's actually quite challenging because viruses like SARS-CoV-2 are constantly evolving, constantly mutating. And you know, given that maybe close to a billion people in the world have been infected by SARS-CoV-2, the viruses had a lot of chances to continually explore various mutations. And in many respects, that's how that's how these mutations emerge. They're, you know, the virus is experimenting all the time. And as these mutations emerge, you can never predict beforehand uh, which mutation is going to win out to be uh, to be competitive and have a level of fitness that lets it outcompete the earlier ones. But that's uh, that's what we've seen. Now that we know uh, that there is this Achilles heel or a weak spot that, uh, interestingly enough, has appeared to not change very much across the variants. And actually, we do have a good understanding of why that's the case, because we have the atomic resolution images using cryo-electron microscopy. We have a good idea of why this particular patch might have survived. I mean, one one way to think about this is you you have this giant three-dimensional landscape, which is the surface of a spike protein. And if you if you are a molecule, a small thing, these, these spike proteins are about maybe 20 nanometers. <clears throat> That's about 20 billionth of a meter. So if you are something that size, what you would see is a very large surface. And antibodies could, in principle, latch on to any one of those sites. However, not every site is equally accessible to antibodies. Sometimes there are sugar molecules that don't let the antibodies latch on very well, and other sites mutate. So it's it's not, even though the surface is very large, it's not a given that antibodies can find it. But in this giant three-dimensional landscape, what we're talking about is the identification of a patch that we now know exists. We have a molecule that binds it, that particular patch in all of the variants. And now the knowledge of that patch is what we have to, in the next phase, leverage to design using all the tools we have at hand, computational and experimental, uh, therapeutics and and molecules that actually bind it in present variants in circulation 
and potentially variants that we're yet to see. Uh, but that is, I think that is what is exciting uh, for us and, and my team in, in this work. Clearly, what you'll continue to do now is also try to see how this, uh, how COVID mutates to make sure that the one that you've landed on continues to be consistent through the other ones, the other mutations, I would imagine. Indeed. Yeah, but but I think the strategy is clear. You know, we, it could well turn out that the antibody, you know, at some point, some future variant circumvents this, but at least we, I think we have a, you know, we have essentially a playbook for how to go after this because the goal at all points is to try and stay ahead of the virus. So the fact that we can actually come up with such uh, such a spot to target uh, these antibodies and the design, uh, that's good to know because we can, we know, this is the exercise we can do and we'll keep we'll keep learning as we go. Of course, the obvious question is, what does this mean potentially um, for a vaccine that is effective against any variant? Of this, yeah. So the these uh, you know should these uh, you know should molecules like the one we described become antibody treatments? They are just that, which is treatments and not vaccines. Uh, so the vaccines that you know you, you know we, you and I have had, uh, mess, you know messenger RNA or other modes, other types of vaccines, they essentially elicit antibodies and also create cells in our body that can effectively block entry and you know mitigate the infection that happen, that that you know that might occur with uh, with these viruses the uh, worry always is as i mentioned earlier that antibodies elicited by one particular vaccine or one particular infectious variant may actually not work when there's a new variant so understanding what the landscape of the viral surfaces in 3D, and what regions might have escaped this constant pressure to mutate uh, by, that the virus actually uses to advantage to be more infectious. The fact that we have this knowledge, you know, we want to use it to uh, develop uh, antibodies that uh, you know have have at least a good chance of being uh, be, being able to block the entry of variants that have not yet emerged. But time will tell. Yeah, what is next now? I know this is a step-by-step process. You learn as you go. Um, what's de- what's next ahead for you? Well, one of the first things we need to do is to uh, ensure that when we take a look at the very recent variants, you know, you know, we <laughs> work like this, as you know, it takes time to get done and, and submitted, but the virus doesn't stop for us. <laughs> we see new variants like BA.4, BA.5, and other others that are continually coming up. So we have to make sure that uh, and test whether these antibodies and this site remains remains uh, in Achilles heel in all of the new variants because that's a, a test of you know our hypothesis that this is what it was the last two years and should that turn out to be the case then our task is to refine these molecules and make them much much more potent than even the ones that we have uh, and essentially zero in to improve the design of these antibodies. So the, the, this uh, design of biologics, is, as the pharma industry calls it, uh, this is a very powerful tool where we use the knowledge we have of the structure and the three-dimensional d- landscape of, the, of a particular antigen. When I say antigen, I mean the spike protein. Uh, to use that knowledge to, to create, uh, create molecules like antibodies that specifically bind that site. I mean, that is uh, that's a very exciting future for molecular medicine. 
Dr. Subramaniam, thank you so much for explaining this. I appreciate it. Thank you very much.